Hello, this is D.B. Richards from the 2300 Wrestling Podcast, and this season is dedicated to Bill Palmarino. Rest in peace, my friend. Welcome, everybody, to the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, D.B. Richards, alongside my sweet referee, Dave Keener. All-time classic. This is wrestling. Listen, it is quiet. There's no washing machine or dryer in the background. So, that, that's from home. <laughs> like, I can hear it here. So, I would love to tell the story from last night at DCW. Oh. I'm not going to say the wrestler's name because it was really cool. So, okay, there was can a fi- we give an initial? Like an M? Mm. We can we can go, ooh. Okay. Let me tell the story. Ooh. And go ahead. So, there was a fan went up to him. He's like, I only have 10 bucks for a shirt. And he told him that he was, um, only had less a year to live because he has cancer. And the wrestler gave him the shirt and took a picture with him. And it was awesome. It was like, Heart, you know what I mean? That's See, love, you know what I mean? The person that you talk about, I've known for a long time. Really long time. Wait, 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 wait. You're getting ahead of yourself. Oh. And I also know the person in question that you're talking about, our guest, knows a little too well. Of ooh. Yes. So I, I know we talk about those ECW originals that were on the WWE and stuff like that. But, but on I mean, the, the original Rough Rider. But this is not the first time he's been on our show. No, he's not. I was getting that. This is the second time. Third time. Third time. An original Dudley boy has been on our show. We've had Louie on, and we've had our guest on. I don't want to call him friend. I call him family, you know, because I've known him since I was 12, but still. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Chubby Dudley, Bay Ragney. Damn, you guys are like so fucking professional now. But I'm I'm so confused about, about going into this, and I'm I'm even more confused because you have a producer now. Yeah. And oh yeah, we got a full like, production crew and everything, I'm, studio I'm, I'm call, and all. I'm gonna call you guys out, okay? Because we're, we're we're gonna start this off, and I'm gonna call you guys right out. And, and, and I guess this is what all they shoot in the wrestling business. Oh but, shit. And, so I get the spiel from the producer before we go on, Brian. And if you don't name people during the interview. Now. And I don't understand that because you just told a very nice story about somebody and you didn't name the person's name. That person deserves fucking credit and should okay, be put okay. over like a motherfucker. You know and, what? And, and, I'm and, going to. I am going to for is, the simple fact that it this It makes guy, no sense to even tell the story if there's no name. Why bother? Right. And you know what? I'm going to just for the simple fact of how motherfucking legend this guy is in our industry and in this area. Okay? Right, can I get to it, my thing? Yes, yes go, ahead. go ahead. Mr. Ulala. Yes. Correct. Yes. Correct. 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 Ulala is probably one of the greatest. The man has worked great from King Kong Bundy to Sergeant Slaughter to like, you can name it. The man has been in the area and for what he did last night and I, I have nothing but compliments. Every single time that we go out there before the match the man is so church oriented and stuff like that and you wouldn't believe it that we pray before every match when we go out. I love I love Ulala. I want to give credit to somebody else too. There was a family um um, she lost her job at um, Thanksgiving, okay? And um, Sean Hardy from 1CW and Shout Sean Carlson and Sean Carlson put out presents, <laughs> got the fans to bring presents for her two kids, David wow. and I, I'm not good with the, I don't remember. The this was name. the last 1CW show, right? Yeah. Okay. 1CW in December. Fourth? Was it fourth? Yeah. No, third. Third. Okay. Yeah. One of them dates. I'm, it goes crazy in my head. He did that and then the 50-50 he gave to her and then wow. they gave her money to buy bikes. Sean Hardy has to give credit. Dude gives so much in this world. Absolutely. I don't know that, dude, 
but that dude deserves major freaking credit, and his name mentioned. So yeah, off to him. And, yeah. Like so, Sean Hardy is the owner and operator of One CW Wrestling out of Houston, Delaware, and he does a lot. Like he does shows, and he will match. Like we did a show with the Autism Awareness Foundation. Everybody knows that I work for autism and stuff like that. My regular job, and Sean brought in a certain amount of money, and he matched what he brought in and sent it to the Autism Awareness Foundation. So everything that he does for that company just makes me go far beyond driven for what he does. And I love every minute of it. So thank you, Sean Hardy. Thank you, and Sean. That, and that's what's missing in this world of wrestling. The love, the kindness, and all that, and helping others try to live. And what Ulala did and Sean Hardy does is amazing. So Agreed. I love this world. So I want to, we did background and all that stuff with on Bay before. If everybody wants to go back and listen to the old episodes. But I want to like to know more of his background, how he got into the podcast world. So so let's start. start how did you get into the world of podcasting? That's all right. So this is going to be interesting. I was kind of like, all right, where are we going to go? Because we have Fusion going. I'm going to call that out, too. We'll do that later. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you guys probably don't know this, but uh, Keener will probably remember this. Back um, in the second go-around of Liberty All-Star Wrestling in the early 2000s, I was really trying to model Liberty All-Star Wrestling after early Tri-State Wrestling Alliance. And um, I wanted to do a wrestling radio show, like the old Joel Goodhart show on WIP. So I found an AM station. I, I remember right it was 1590 AM down in Bell Kenwood and um, on airtime every week and we'd do a uh, weekly wrestling radio show and then it became like we, you know we talked about Liberty All-Star Wrestling we talked about wrestling news and we would have like a weekly wrestling guest and that really whet my appetite after being um, not only a fan of Joel's but a, a huge tremendous fan of Howard Stern for years <clears throat> it was something I always thought in my mind I'd like to do but I didn't want to go to freaking school for it so then um, you know 10 years later when the world of podcasts started, started becoming a thing I was like oh shit I can just just, you know, not have to go to school, get, uh, you know, a microphone and hook it in my computer and start podcasting. And there was a, um, there, and, and it's still going, there's, uh, what the hell is it, the, the VOC Nation, um, what the hell is that, the VOC Podcast, I, I forget what it is, but he had a whole network, uh, Bruce Word, yeah, he sold the network to, um, oh God, I forget his name. Great character, 1782. Uh, Br- Brady, Brady, uh, what's his name? Hicks. Brady Hicks. Brady Hicks. Brady, Brady Hicks, Hicks. Yes. yes. Yeah, 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 I think, I think Brady took it over. But um, I ended up joining up with Bruce, and we started Totally Driven Radio on the VOC Nation like, like 10 years ago, almost 10 years ago. And um, started doing a weekly show every Thursday night. And it went on for about eight years, seven, eight years. We did 350 episodes. And then um, divorce happened and <laughs> uh, pandemic happened. And then I brought, you know, thanks to the pandemic, the world of video came. And that's what I really wanted to do, like the, the Howard Stern E-Show so you can actually sit and watch. So uh, I you know, shut all the audio outlet down and switched completely to video and do YouTube now. That's amazing. I I, I watched some of your stuff um, recently, and I love everything um, you do. And yeah, we, we've actually started doing YouTube as well. Yeah, my yeah we before. But um, you're one of the reasons that I did ask questions and all that about doing podcasting, and like you helped me out, and I always give you credit when I tell people that Bay Ragney helped me out, listen to him and hearing all the stuff he's doing. So well, the, per- the person that gave me, like, do this was Brian Sosha, and right. he told me, he's like, you have a voice you should do a podcast and that's how i start and, right and it's kind of cool somebody that's on the radio and doing doing all that stuff now he's doing bare knuckle fighting gives me credit to do things well it's an interesting story you guys had me on the on the show one time with frankie 
for Philly Underground. And then we started talking, you know, afterwards. And I guess what was about a year afterwards? You guys started asking me like, hey, we need really help. You know, you know, a few people left us, you know, did their own thing. And it's just us two doing all the work. And I was like, I'll just do some easy stuff like man the mixer and all that. And then after a while, I'm like starting to notice like what's going on with podcasts. I'm like, well, these guys could do a lot more than just be small time. We can be big if we can do it this way. Exactly. And that's why you guys like put me in charge as a producer for doing like the social media, the reaching out to the, the wrestlers, you know, promoting. And that's what I've been doing since then. And now it's <laughs> going on to Brian going on the road with us to Connecticut, New York, yeah. Maryland, Virginia, all over the place. And it, it was a two-man crew. Now it's a three-man crew, aside from the other people that will go with the shows and help us take down, break down, stuff yeah. like that. It, it's getting so much recognition that on coming up in the near future, we got big things coming up. You know what I mean? And we'll even be at Icons of Wrestling, myself and DB. Nice. At, at a place that Bay knows very well. I would love to bring Bay up here for that. Bring him day. up there? Yeah. 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 I would love to. I, yeah. I was contacted for that three times by three different people yeah. that wanted to bring me up and they, they were trying to get, um, you know, they wanted to do a Dudley reunion, but they could never get everything lined up. The other Dudley brothers, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and, and I, don't, I don't know. But it, it just, it fell apart. It sucked because I really wanted to be there for it. Even if it's just us, us getting you up here and sign God Dudley, that would be perfect because that's still. Like, Lou was just here. Yeah. He was at that thing for SWF up in, um, or SAW up in North Jersey. Yeah. That con, he was here for that. Who's that? Uh, Louie. Louie came up for a con that they did for Standalone Wrestling with Chad Menace up there. The Contest of Champions. Contest of Champions. Fest, yeah. Which was actually run oh, by Louis was Donnie there for B. That? Well, Louie was up there for that, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Donnie, Donnie B ran, ran that. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Ama- amazing um, show from what I saw and heard and made it turn out. Uh, I'll tell you what, it's and, and, I, and I said this to Donnie on a, on his post congratulating him. I mean, there, there's a dude who, you know, he started, uh, you know, working behind the scenes with Dennis Carluzzo and, and helping with booking and promoting and stuff like that. And then when he started doing his, his Phoenix Championship Wrestling, around the same time I was doing LAW uh, in the early, late 90s, early 2000s, he was, you know, drawing great houses then. And then he left the business and um, he became the adult and, and went into real life and got married and everything like that. But he came back 20 years later. And this is rare because you think of it this way. Look how much has changed in the wrestling business and the world. You know, with social media and everything now, uh, a way to move. And he came out and he drew his best house ever. So you got to, I don't care who you are, you got to give that guy credit. Oh, yeah, big time. And I mean, he was even there for when we had PWF up in Pottstown. He was one of the people yeah. with that too, which was a great time yeah. ran by Rob Dimension and Steve Carino. Exactly. It's crazy. One of my fa- one of my favorite things like now doing is doing comedy. I really don't care about money or anything. Yeah, you I'm- need to tell him thank you for that. Yes, and it's because of you, Ben. You said to Frank, it's like, hey, ask me to um, do commentating. I have to give you credit for that, man. Thank you very much for that. And, and now you're commentating in like five different spots now, so. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Right. I got, All right, so I got two if, of them. If, you don't, if you don't care about money, I, I, I do. So the promoter <laughs> can just send me your paydays. I'll give you my address or my Venmo. There you go. Run, run down to Nashville because we have, we have another friend right outside of Nashville as well, so. Yeah, our friend Monty, yeah. Yeah, we had to get down there one day and check out some wrestling down there. That would be great. That would be a nice vacation. Hey, yeah, there, I mean, there's stuff going down on down there. Actually, NWA does their, their TV tapes here. They just were here the other day. Oh, so I saw Bubba Ray and Ricky Morton were putting pictures up together. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. See Ricky Morton next weekend. Oh, yeah. He'll be at um, Icons. Icons of Wrestling. So nice. I, we, we um talk about best advice you've ever been given. Don't be 12. So what is the best advice you can give other podcasts out there? You know what? I, I, I wish I could uh, tell you <laughs> because you know, I, I'm doing four or five different shows now, and I, I'm 
you know, every day I'm trying to figure out how to make it better and go to the next level. The number one thing is, I mean, just be yourself. You just got to just be real and just be yourself. You know, when you're doing the actual show, you, know, you don't want to fake it or, you know, you just want to be real and yourself and honest with everything. Um, I, I think that's what gets comes- us over for that. Yeah, a lot of people like, keep on coming back to us because, I mean, we've had, yeah. Greg, we've had Greg Spitz on four times. Three times. Three times. Send me four. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to. You, you got to just keep it fucking real because people see through the bullshit. It, it, they don't want fake. They don't want bullshit. Right. Um, you know, just be yourself. People just got to learn to be themselves, not try to put on this fake facade of, you know, who they think they are or whatever. Just fucking be real. Man. You know, when you're, when you're saying that being yourself, it reminds me of the quote that I know from the movie Fight With Your Family, the Page, the page movie, the page Soraya movie, yeah. movie yeah. where Paige and her brother, Zach Zodiac, are at the SmackDown tape-in in UK. They're backstage. I, I know which one you're talking about. Go ahead. Oh, let me finish. Yeah, no, go ahead. Um, they're backstage and they see The Rock and The Rock comes up to them. Or they, they approach Rock and, you know, The Rock does his whole gimmick and all that. But the last thing that Rock says is, don't be the next Rock. Be the first you. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's, that's the thing. Like, okay, like I said, I, I was influenced by Howard Stern to, to do broadcast. So how, how many, when Howard Stern blew up in, in the 90s and 2000s, how many fucking DJs came along and tried to be like Howard Stern? And some had minimal success. But most went, it, most went nowhere. And, and you had them all around the country, if not world. All these right. wannabes and these hosers. But they didn't take the time to develop themselves and their own way of doing things the way Howard Stern did. So, yeah, exactly what The Rock said. Don't, don't be The Rock. Don't don't be, uh, you know, Ricky Morton or Brother Ray Delvey. Don't be, be me, be you. 2300 podcast. Right. Be yourself. Figure your, like the way you guys do your YouTube thing with the Connect Four. That's yes. original. Nobody's fucking doing it. See, thank you. You're being yourself. I know. Thank you. I, when, when we went about that idea, the idea was we wanted to do something like the Hot Wings show, the um, Hot Ones. We want to do that, and we're like, when we were sitting here talking, like, well, what if, and I think we were watching Hot Ones that time. No, we were doing something. Watching. No, I was. And you were like, we should play games. Mm-hmm. We were talking one day, and we should play games with the wrestlers. Yeah, we did. We tried doing um, Hacky Sack. Hacky Sack. Hacky Hacky Sack hot, hot Potato. potato. Bunch, of, bunch of cool stuff. I still want to do Skip It with Adina Steele. And we can do that. <laughs> but, and it's, and, and I know Bay is still an Eagles fan. I know that. And John Dornbos, Brian, who John Dornbos yeah. is, I remember John Dornbos. John Dornbos says, as much as that we have accomplished, as much as we've learned, there's still plenty more that we can learn and we can accomplish if you keep going. See, when you guys brought up the Connect War with me, I was like, do it. And since then, it's been such a hit because we've gotten people like Red Titus, who was in Ring of Honor, Brian Kendrick, who's been in the WWE, who's been in everywhere, a third generation wrestler. And you had Mad Mad Fulton over at Colossal Championship Wrestling Halloween show back in October, who has been in the Impact and NXT. So to have those stars on the on the uh, episodes, mind boggling. I mean, right. we we've had even had an Anawaii on the show. Yeah, Connect Four. So don't forget Wrecking Ball for NWA. Yeah, Wrecking Ball, Yersky. And and I had Black G's on too for Hot Potato. Well, G, yeah, G's and uh, Darren Hardway with that one. Yeah. So let me go into the next question here. This is the one I actually brought up because the fact that the Speak Out movement happened about two almost two years ago, a little more than that now. And since then, there's been a lot of people being called out for sexual harassment, sexual assault, even guys who've been on the sex offender list that nobody know. We're not going to say names here. Even guys on the outside too. Even on the outside. <clears throat> so my question is to you, Bay, is that should companies start doing background checks on the wrestlers or should that be done on a state level? Oh, all right. But let, let me let me clarify this about this question. First of all, do you mean as in legal uh, background check or as in word of mouth? As in go legal. As in legal. As in you go to like the state, the state or wherever you could do the background 
background checks. You pull a person's name and you okay. make sure there's nothing bad about them. Like how Megan Law is. Yeah. Like they don't have uh, any. Okay. Like they've. Now, let me, let me answer the next part of it then. Are you talking a WWE, AEW, or are you talking an independent promotion? I'm talking about everybody. Everybody. So um, most states okay. now are starting to do more of a check with the athletic commission. Like when you go up to New York, there is a whole bunch of stuff that you have to go through now with New York. Same thing with Maryland and right. same thing Maryland, with Virginia. Maryland, Virginia, that whole thing that there's yeah, it's not like it was 15, 20 years ago when you were helping run Liberty. It, it's completely okay. different now. I'm gonna exclude WWE, AEW, and Impact and and NWA because they're pretty much up there now that they do that kind of sh- that right. kind of stuff. So we're talking more on the yeah. independent level. We're talking about independent level. Okay. Well, here I mean here's the thing, and I guess you can even just broke the big name companies in with this as well. I would say ninety nine point nine percent of voters slash bookers that are gonna hire a worker in this day and age, they know the background of a person. They know what's going on. They know what they've done. Um, because uh, everything, you know, people talk on the fucking internet. They're between uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, it's out there. Everything's fucking out there. People know. And, and I'm sure if, you know, if I was going to go book somebody and I'm going to turn around and tell my partner or somebody uh, behind the scenes, I want to book this person, they might say, oh, you know this about them? That's nine out of ten times what's going to happen. So it's, it's, it's such a, this is, and this is how the business changed because I, I, I'm, I'm going to keep it real now. This, the wrestling business was such a flying bag fucking business of sexual harassment. And I'm just not just talking uh, men with women in the business. I'm talking men with men where, you know, in, in the big federation, men were raped and sexually harassed and had to give in sexual um, uh, advances to better their career. You know, when, when in 1990, when I started wrestling school and my uh, tr- my main teacher and trainer, Larry Winters, had to like warn you, if you're going to go work for this promoter, watch out for this person because he's going to want to do this. Or this, you, you know, that was like red flags right there. Like, what the fuck is going on? And a little other bit of that stuff started coming out in the 90s, uh, you know, when Vince was getting in trouble, but somehow it got swept back under the cart. But that, and, and a prime example, Vince just uh, last this year, it got caught paying millions of dollars to different girls to have sex. Why yeah. did, why did right. this man need to pay millions of fucking dollars to a girl to keep quiet about sex? This is the day and age we're living in. This is the fucking slime bag fucking business of not even pro wrestling, the whole entertainment business. It's the music business, it's wrestling, it's movies, TV, the entertainment industry, and you can probably even go further. Every fucking industry out there is slimy fucking slime bag when it comes to sex. Oh, and yeah. most people are guilty in some type of way. So, you know, no, I, you can't say nobody's fucking innocent. I'm sorry. There, right. There's no. something there for somebody along the way. With, you know, somebody's either been a victim or, or fucking done it. You know, so it's just, it's fucking a scary fucking thing. And I, I've never been asked a question like this and, and I've kept my mouth shut for years about it. You know, I, I said Everybody a few things run. here and there, but, but it's, uh, you know, so I, I think, you know, it, 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 it's ugly, you know? Look at Weinstein in the movie business. Yeah, you know I mean? they just put a movie out about that too. And the thing about him that pisses me off is there's a lot of movies under his um his collection, like Dogma Every and all that. Every single Kevin Smith movie was done by Harvey Weinstein. And Kevin Smith can't get his stuff back because the guy is a freaking right. asshole. And it's, um, real quick, so they had mentioned the Liberty All-Star Wrestling Training School. I remember that school. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, if I'm not mistaken, it was at US, US Fitness, right on the border of Sharon Hill and Upper Darby. Yeah, right next right to before the Dunkin' Donuts. Right, right next to Dunkin' Donuts, right before you go down there. So many times when I was younger, I would go over there with my brother, we would work out, we would have a great time. That's if the ring didn't break and we had to put it back together. <laughs> but still, you know, and to this day, the rings we used back then are still being used kind of because they were by Mark Matt. I, I forget who bought my, that. I bought that ring from Jim Kettner. That was the original <laughs> ECW 
NWA yes, it ring. Was. Yes. Ooh, and, yeah. and that ring was actually an old WWE um, TV ring Ooh. a little bit. It was Hamburg. One of the old Hamburg rings. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I forget who bought that ring from. I don't know, Brian, do you know who bought that ring? No, I don't. I'm no. just putting my hand up because for the next question. Hold on for a minute. Yeah. Um, before I do anything, Corey Castle, I was talking to, um, he said something to me. Did, did you have a like a phone like um, hotline? Yeah, the radio show. So, well, no, there, there oh. was, you know, before podcast, um, back in the 90s and early 2000s, um, there was wrestling hotline. There was like two or three in the Philadelphia area. And some uh, MJ Wright, MJ Wright was the, the original. And it was every day. You would call and he would give you like a one, two minute quick rundown of wrestling news of the day and uh, promote a couple, you know, indie shows. And he uh, used to get a lot of fucking calls. So he, um, I had become friends with him and he said, hey, would you mind, you know, start coming on and filling in for me? So I, I did. And then um, I think MJ closed it up and I started my own because it was a way to um, you know get attention and, and get things and I would get do it for Liberty All Star Wrestling. This would have people call in to to hear the news and all and promote the shows. Yeah, Corey. Corey was like, "Oh my gosh, Bay had a um, hotline," and I'm like, "Really? I that that's awesome. I had to ask him about that." So yeah, I I, I forgot. All, you know, it's funny because somebody else asked me about that on an interview. It might have been you guys last time. And uh, yeah, I I forgot all about those things. But yeah, that, that was they were great. You know, it was before kind of like before the no, it was, it was right when the internet was starting yeah. because I remember you know, gathering the news the wrestling news of the day off of um, I don't even know if the site's still around it's called Lords of Pain it was called I think I and think it is but I'm not quite sure I think it's Lords of Pain's yeah. net yeah where it had all yeah. of the independent yeah. shows in the area so let's yeah. so let's go into our one of our first fun questions we have real quick I want to ask you a question you were a WCW guy do you remember the number 1-900-909-9900 wow yeah that was the WCW number do you remember the WWE one no do you what about didn't ECW have one too? Joey had one, yeah. And yeah, now you go back, you go back and you watch all of them. Now they're all blanked out at the bottom of the screen. When you go back and you watch like the tapings with him and Jr. Mm-hmm. versus Frank and somebody else under the masks, um, which was like one of the very first ECW shows when it was Eastern Championship Wrestling, which you can find on Peacock. But the number is like right there at the bottom. And and there was also another guy back then. I I don't know if he passed away, but there was a guy back then named Maddie on the spot. It was like a camera guy, mm-hmm. and he went around and did the fan cam originally back then. Okay. I don't know. I was a friend of Paul. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That, that sounds awesome. That was before Feinstein took over. Yeah. So let's go into our, one of our first fun questions. This is called uh, three favorite matches. So you have to pick three favorite matches, your favorite matches. Hey, hey, hold, 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 hold on. I, I, I want to go back and, and just throw another comment back to that sexual uh, question. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, sexual, uh, yeah. I, I want to say this too about that situation because not only the people that are the ones that had done it, guilty parties, but all the people behind the scenes that fucking know what's going on and don't say something are just as guilty and should be called the fuck out. That's all I'm going to say. Agreed. I, I totally agree. I'm gonna, this is one of the reasons why we keep this question going on because I want to hear other people and I want to hear their views and maybe this podcast will let other people go, yeah, why am I taking my kid to a wrestling show and there's a creeper out there? So I'm, I'm going to have to say something. I've been sitting on this. I mean, I've been watching and hearing stories from people, you know, um, and I've been hearing it on the sideline basically now since i'm a photographer in the business i hear it less and less and all that but i still hear it and one thing i one thing i saw and i'm still disgusted about it and i can't say the person's name or the company but creative carrier 84.5 they're down themselves he's a convicted sex offender and he's still training teenagers for wrestling and that's wrong and that's wrong i can't i can't go any 
further because if I if I go any further, you'll people will figure out who it is. But you know, I will, well, let, let me like I can go a step further because you know I, I I do work now in the music business where I'm like managing and, and um, doing some publicist work for some people and working behind the scenes. And one of the people I work with is uh, a person who actually went to jail for that. Um, but it was 18 years ago, and he asked me to work with him. He was very he was a, a major major uh, musician, rock star, and uh, sold millions of albums and, and lost his career and, and and everything and he's trying now to get it back and he's asked me to work with him and i've known the guy 30 years mm-hmm. and um you know i've sat down with him and we've had many conversations you know before before he even asked me so i know he did his time he did almost two years in jail he's lost everything he's been in extensive therapy for many years for what he did and what he did actually it wasn't it, it was where he was lied to about an age uh, and actually uh, the person the girl he picked up he picked her up backstage at a 21 and over show so he really got screwed over but it, you know I gave him the benefit of the doubt and second chance because he's been through so much and he paid his price and it's 18 years later and he's been on the straight and narrow and he's not going down the, that path again or looking for any accidents or anything like that so you know I, I I feel if a person has did wrong and they paid their price and learned their lesson, they do deserve a second chance. But if they get that second chance and fuck it up, no, I, I, there's no more chances. So I don't yeah. know that person, um, you know, background or history or who it is, but that's, yeah. that's my fault in the whole thing. See, and that goes for anything. See, you said something because the show was a 21 and older show. How mm-hmm. would he know she was underage? And she got it with a fake ID too. So yeah. Yeah. That, that's mostly, I think it would be her fault, not his fault. You know what I mean? It's yeah. funny because he recently, I just had him do an, an interview recently. I had to come up with, and somebody had commented that because it got put out in, on the, a lot of news, news sites, and uh, somebody had commented saying, you know, the, the girls lied about their age. And he got in trouble for it. Shouldn't the girl be just as responsible? Right. Now, here, if I'm not mistaken on this, this was before they had the reflectors on the ID. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, no problem. right. So they could get in in any way. Yeah. You know, because that's on her and that's also on the crew of bouncing staff and whatever at the door. And it was, and it was probably the, the, the club that, where he picked her up at was probably the most popular club in, in the country, in Hollywood. So, right. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, so, yeah. I, 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 I totally i would back the guy up because that's bullcrap if it was me i would find ways to try to get my my life back in order redemption yes because yeah, it's you wrong. know what that's the word he's been using for the last year in interviews stuff like that he's just looking for redemption and, and to be given a chance and not many people want to give him a chance I, i'll give him a chance because knowing that all this all the steps that said 21 and older okay 21 and older why is that girl in that club mm-hmm. i mean it's the club's fault club should be going after it shouldn't have been the rock star. There you go. So I totally understand. There's other things out there. I I read a story about a guy. He um he he can't take his kids out for Halloween because he married the woman that was under eight. He was a little, he was like a little bit older, and her parents didn't like him, so they put um charges on. Him. And he can't go out with his kids for Halloween because he has a sexual assault. So because he's on the list, he can't go out. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, that's crazy. And like, there's other things that should go back. Courts, the world should go back and look at half of the people's things if it was like having sex with a kid that's like five years old seven years old then we, well, that, yeah that, that's yeah, different yeah that could be extreme we need to go yeah. after that but if something yeah. like you might be a little bit older like let's say
say you're 21 and the girl's like 17. I, I yeah. think it should be looked different because now people are marrying girls that are in 30s and they might be 68 years old, but they fell in love. Right. There's 15, I think there's eight years between me and mine. She's 50, I'm 43. Yeah. And and like people need to look because if you're allowed to date somebody at 21 and you're like 34, right. then what what's wrong? I was 19 yeah. and my ex-wife was 16. But if you go in after a little kid, then that right there should be a different... Right. Hey, yeah, yeah, that's a different sort of thing. Can I move on to happier things? Yes, yeah, let's, let's do it. Right. I, was, yeah. I was trying to introduce our next question, the three favorite matches. So three favorite... We want to hear from you, Bay. Three favorite matches of all time that you, that you love. And then for the second part, three favorite matches that you were in. So let's start with... Name us three favorite matches of all time that you've seen. It could be any company, any era, anybody. Um, I'm going to say Eddie Gilbert, Cactus Jack, Tri-State Wrestling Alliance, two out of three falls, um, where each fall was a different style match where they did um, pinfalls anywhere in the building. I think one was a barbed wire, uh, I quit match. And it was a, all th- each fall was a different one. That was on uh, like one of the big Tri-State Wrestling Alliance super card shows. And that match, like that whole feud, that was, those two made me really fall in love with independent professional wrestling. Okay, yeah. Gilbert. <laughs> The original, the original, another original ECW guy. Oh, yeah. Eddie Gilbert was in the beginning when he transferred from Tri-State to ECW. Yep. So that, um... Definitely the iconic Blair Steamboat match that from WCW um, that was on TV. That that was probably one of the greatest pure, you know, old school perfection of a wrestling match right there. That was truly a history lesson. Um, anytime, wow. hold on. Anytime those guys have wrestled, it's been nothing but wrestling. It's like that old school great wrestling matches. They've always great wrestling matches. Steamboat Flair? Yeah. And I mean, Eddie and any, anything Eddie Gilbert. Like you but, want classic wrestler, Eddie Gilbert. Yeah. All right. So last one for all time. Uh, it's a tough one. He's like, I hate you guys. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like, there's like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like give it like different styles. Yeah. I was going to say like the, the three way ladder match, you know, with the Hardys and Dudleys and all that, but I wanted to like do something different. I was say, like, the which style. Well, the I the, the that main one from the pay per view where it was TLC. Edge Christian Party. But one, how about yeah. uh, I'll go to ECW, a match I remember sitting back in a, you know in the locker room watching it on the monitor and not only me but the whole locker room was just like glued to the, the, the set and just couldn't believe what we were watching because we really hadn't seen much of it in America yet and it was um, it was uh, Mysterio and he was Psychosis yes. and they, they just put on an amazing match I just remember sitting there with my mouth on the floor like holy shit this is amazing uh, that was the first time I do believe that was the first time they came in yeah. to America yeah. Polly like, brought them mm-hmm. in that was like the first like yeah. Lucha Libre Right, Japanese style wrestling that nobody's seen, and it's like holy shit, man! Like if you yeah. go back and you watch the interview with Paulie, Paulie talks about it. Okay, we don't have that kind of money. We don't have the money for the fireworks stuff like that. So accentuate the positive. Bring in the talent. Bring in what we can do. So he brought right. talent in that nobody's seen before. Mm-hmm. Like Ray Mysterio, Psychosis, Hoovitude, Eddie, those guys. He knew what he was doing, and I mean, yeah, I hate to talk about him as an asshole, but he knew what he was doing. So let's go into three favorite matches that you were in in the hell 
latter days, I always mention this match because I always remember it as like really opening my eyes, teaching me the art of tag team wrestling. And it was the Hell Riders versus a team out of Maryland. I think we even talked about this on one of our older yes, interviews. We did. Uh, the, it's cream. the cream team. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the cream team. Yeah, we had yeah. Um, um, Rip on and he talked about it. Rip Sawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good guy. Yeah. Good guy. Yeah. Those, those guys, um, they, were, they were great guys. And I just remember like that, that match just really opened my eyes to how tag team wrestling just to be. So it was just a true learning experience in the ring. So um, Rip Rip told us the story that he hated the name Cream Team. He thought it was the dumbest thing in the world. I, I don't blame him. <laughs> but now we got other people doing it. So yeah, yeah. two more. Um, with the Dudleys, it was a match that I wasn't even in. I was just at ringside, but it was uh, Bubba and Devon, or no, it was Bubba and Big Dick against Devon and um, Axel Rock. And it was the match that I think really changed everything for the Dudleys because, you know, we were just considered the, the comedic relief and not really given a chance. And that was the one where we were kind of given a chance and we got in trouble because we took advantage of it and turned it into a, just a complete free-for-all all, all around the, the, uh, the arena. And when we got back in the, the dressing room, so I think we were the opening match. We got back in the Everybody was pissed, and we got fucking shoot out by Taz Dreamer. And so, but that match was definitely one of my favorites for the for the Dudleys. And uh, me and me and Frank Cody had some fun hardcore matches. There was there was two 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 the um, there was one we did at Upper Darby High School that was a lot of fun, and then there was another one we did in Ardmore that was outside on a basketball or yeah, it was on a basketball court. But we went all the way through the baseball field up the ba- back to the basketball court, and then I lit a chair on fire and did him cd teed him into the flame and chair and i as we were going down into the flame i can still hear frank in my head going it's hot it's hot it's hot it's hot <laughs> yeah i remember the upper derby show i think, I yeah. think that was pg-13 versus Janetti and Rod myers in the yeah. main event yeah yeah i remember that yeah one. i think the, f- yeah. the first time i saw you bay on ecw tv oh. tv was yeah. the i don't remember what year it was but it was at the it was at the 2300 arena i think it started out with dreamer versus raven and and then it became 3D coming out and then the Eliminators coming out. And then what was he eating at that time? I don't know, but he was he was on Rinside and then Sandman came out and then RVD and Sabu came out and then New Jack came out and then the lights go out and then Jerry Lawler showed up. Oh, that was the shit story. Yes. That was, he, he Lawler gets on the mic and goes, you know, I've taken bigger shits and better places than this. Yeah, because you, yeah. you yeah. came in and you just clean house and then all of a sudden New Jack comes out and he just takes you out with the guitar like or something so easily. It, I think it was either the guitar or yeah. a crutch. Yeah, I remember that. Well, that, that wasn't me. That wasn't him. No. That wasn't him. No, no. I, I was. I wasn't. I was. I had left at that point. Oh. But I remember. I remember seeing that on TV and popping. I was like, "Oh shit!" That was freaking off. My bad. Yeah, I remember the situation you're talking about now. I, I think we had Liberty at that time. Yeah. Oh, my bad. That's okay. That's okay. It's all right. We we, we could put his face in there and just like bob back <laughs> right. and forth. You know what I mean? <laughs> Add this <laughs> to the prank and ribs conversation. So, like we we could go like this. Oh, look at this. We love the rib, Brian. Like me and Dave oh, love ribbing him. Applebee's. Applebee's, Applebee's, yes. Applebee's. So Always. we're coming back from Virginia one night, yeah. and we stopped at Applebee's to eat, and Sean Carlson, ranching Sean Carlson, is sitting there, and he goes, we just got Wyatt a birthday cake. I'm like, ooh. Let's like, get Brian. I looked at DB went, Brian? Yep. He's like, yeah. Like, All right. <laughs> walked over, and he, he's like, you know it's not my birthday. I'm like, I know. And then they bring the cake over and everything else, and we scream at the top of our lungs, happy birthday at like almost one o'clock in the morning in the middle of Applebee's. It was great. And he was like, fuck <laughs> you, man. We love, we love. <laughs> 
Moving on to going to Virginia. Brian, you got your phone? Okay, just checking. Making sure you don't leave it on the top of the car. Oh. <laughs> I'm Virginia, that was Connecticut. Okay. Or that Connecticut, going to Connecticut. Oh, that was fun. Because because I, can't, I can't find my phone. <laughs> He's like, I can hear it go off. Because <laughs> like, it's on top of because the Because I called roof. his phone and I'm like, oh, it's it's in the car somewhere. And then I'm I'm speeding down the road anyway. You know what I mean? The getting to Connecticut. And then we pull over and because we needed to go to the bathroom. And then Keener goes, oh, here's your phone on top of the roof. <laughs> Holy shit. I know. And when uh, we, I'm like glad it was still on the fucking here, room. Here's the funny part. He called the phone and it was ten like five or ten minutes later we pulled over. Yeah. So it lasted that long on the roof. I'm like surprised. How the hell did that happen? How did it that happen? I have good it was I have a good sticking case. in the corner. Like it was attached to where the corner of the what do you call it? The, the rail. The rank. Yeah. The rack. Yeah. The rack. The rack stays. Wow. So and I'm just like, holy shit. So wow. so bad I'm so bad. I'm pretty sure you have plenty of stories, but can you tell us one story? One Story Roach? you had a prank story prank story yeah now like a Chris Hamrick story though <laughs> I don't I, I I think I was I think I was gone when Chris Hamrick came in yeah, yeah you were gone um, yeah. so Chris Hamrick was trained by Ricky Morton and Ricky was the big river and everything else down south. Chris was telling the story about the one time where Ricky took his bag, cleaned out the bag, and shit in his bag and re-zipped it. Yeah, that, that was like, you know, that, that was another, like when I said earlier about, you know, Larry Winters warning me about stuff in, in class, in our training, that was one of the things too, was never leave your bag unattended. <laughs> because people will shit in your bag. And I was just like, what the fuck am I getting myself into? Like, one, one night he's telling me about sexual harassment, next night he's telling me about people shit in my bag. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I need <laughs> when- money to learn how to do this? When I go to shows, you guys see me at shows, what's the first thing I do with my bag? You zip it up. I zip it up right away. I get dressed and it gets zipped up unless I leave it with somebody that I know won't rip me. Like, that's why you normally see me next to, like, Corey Castle or something like that because I know he won't. And the crazy thing, that's why you don't leave it near me because... I mean, it just, you look like shit to begin with, so anyway. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Anyway, so I want to ask Bay a question about his show, the Totally Driven uh, show, radio show because I marked out okay for him because he had one of my favorite bass players in the entire world on his show okay Brian will know you probably won't know who he is um so he had original bass player of Megadeth Dave Ellison on the show mm, okay. and, and Dave, right and Dave Ellison is like one of my most favorite bass players he, he's an amazing player he came back to Megadeth for a little bit and then left again but yeah. like the guests that you're getting for the show and everything else it's just really freaking cool for those of don't know about your show. Let's talk about it a little bit. So, all, your shows, um, all your shows. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Well, so to- Totally Drum Radio, actually, I-, I changed it. Like, because, like I said, I- it's not radio anymore. Back-, back before the world of StreamYard and Zoom and all that, um, it was radio. Right, it, it was you it was and Frank, right? Audio. Yeah, well, I had it with-, with Frank for the first year, and then Frank had left because he was so wrapped up with doing the Santa Claus thing and just life. He couldn't do it no more. So, uh, my co host then for like the next six, seven years was Nick Wilkinson. And we had fun and great run and I thought we did a lot of great you know uh, radio just fun times fun interviews fun discussions and, and we kept like I said early on we kept it real we talked about everything and anything that was going on in our real life um, and had tons and tons I probably did like close to a thousand interviews on that show um, but I, I decided to uh, rebrand it because the one thing was during the interviews Nick always would just be quiet and let me do the interview so I, I you know I kind of felt bad but I said look I'm going to change things now just because I'm just doing we're doing interviews and you're just sitting there on camera not saying them. So I, I'm not totally doing radio no more. It's just a Bay Ragney show. And um, I just do straight interviews now. I just, you know, whoever the guest will be, like Dave Ellison or whoever, and like tomorrow I'm doing four. <laughs> so 
uh, I, I'm not even ready for any of them yet. So I have a lot of preparing to do uh, tonight, tomorrow to get ready for them. But it, it, it's what I love to do. I love to be able to sit and have these conversations with these either whoever in the world of entertainment, whether it's right. music or wrestling or TV or movies, comedy, um, you know, and just have these conversations and learn about them and keep it real. I, I you know, I, I will just be very honest and ask, you know, the, the real questions, the honest questions. And a lot of them are just true questions, especially for people who I'm a fan of that I want to know. So, I agree you know, with you. that's, that's a, you know, my technical main show that I do, but I just started um, a new show a couple months ago where uh, a friend of mine who I met from doing these interviews, uh, Ryan, Ryan Belcher, who's, uh, he actually used to play bait in, uh, I don't know if you guys know, Wednesday 13. He used to play bait on Wednesday yeah. 13. Yeah, he, he was Wednesday's original solo bass player. And now he has like a country style band, Southern rock style band called Early Ray. Um, That's like so exact become, opposite. Yeah. So we've come like great friends. We talk on the phone almost every day. It's funny. But he um he called me like one night, like two months ago. And he does like a weekly acoustic kit in, um, I think he's in North Carolina. So he calls me up. He's like, dude, he's like, I don't know if you're interested in this, but I think I just got this amazing idea for you. I'm like, okay. He's like, I came home from my gig. I put on ECW. And he goes, next thing I know, it's like five hours later. And I'm still laying here in bed watching ECW and I'm glued to it. And I kept thinking to myself, I wonder what they would think about this. So what does they know about this match? And what does he know about this person and all? I'm like, okay. He's like, why don't you do a reaction channel on YouTube where you watch ECW and tell the stories behind the scenes of what happened behind these matches, behind these wrestlers, what you know, any stories, etc. I was like, holy shit, dude, that's fucking brilliant. So I started putting it together. It took me like two weeks to get it done and get the graphics done for my graphic guy. And, um, so that's what I, I've started now. It's called Reacting Show with Chubby Dudley. And um, I'm watching from day one of ECW TV from Eastern Championship Wrestling and watching and each episode I do is, you know, one match and I sit and talk about the match, what my thoughts and my reactions are to the match itself, whether it's good or bad or indifferent and uh, about the, the people that are wrestling because, you know, a lot of those guys were mostly friends of mine who I went through, you know, 20-something, 30 years in the business with and still friends with today, so. Right, that's like, I I walked into, uh, where were we at? Atlantic All-Star on, on Saturday and I'm looking at this guy and I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, why do I know you? He's like, I'm like, what's your name? He's like, Johnny Greco. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, wow, people that I haven't seen in 20 years, like, we talk, we hang uh, out and stuff like that, you know? They knew Johnny Greco back then, too. But it, it, it's like, wow. So, the reason why I asked that question about the radio show and stuff like that, it, it leads into, I know, I have plenty of DBs had him, um, geek out moment. DB had one about oh. four months ago, meeting the Barbarian Warlord, so. No, 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 I, for his shows, I geeked out for Jamie Kennedy, I geeked Andy Kaufman's manager, or writer, whatever it was. Uh, Bob Zamuda? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, the guy from Happy Days, I geeked out for that Which one. Which one? No, I've interviewed both uh, Donnie Most and Anthony Williams like yeah. half a dozen times each. Yeah. They're, they go to Comic-Cons all the time now. Yeah. Yeah, they're great guys. Literally, I see them. Like, they're on the list for cons. I'm a big movie, TV show kind of guy. So, like, when I see Jamie Kennedy, I'm like, oh, my gosh, scream. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. Like, yeah, I, I met him at a Monster Mania. It was pretty cool. Yeah, he's he's on my list to meet. You know what I mean? He's on my list. I wanted to it, go. It's up- funny. I, I just commented on uh, uh, Blue, Mini Girl, Blue Mini's girlfriend, Tracy. She just bought a unicycle, and uh, she put a picture up of it last night. And I start laughing because whenever I see a unicycle, I and I, told, I, I commented this to her, like, I 
think of Jamie Kennedy? Because when we were in grade school, he, he at one point he got a unicycle and he would ride the fucking unicycle to school in the morning and you'd see him pedaling down the street and it just looked hysterical. And he had that big goofy smile on his face. He was all proud of himself, pedaling away and then he'd go and uh, lock it to the telephone pole on the corner. It was just hysterical. If I'm not mistaken in that, uh, what was the movie where he was a white rapper? Um, oh, Malibu's Most Wanted. Malibu, I do believe he had a unicycle in that movie in like certain scenes. Like where Malibu. he was off. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen I, that I movie so. in years. But no, Jamie Kennedy, like people, not a good actor, I love Jamie Kennedy, he's in great movies. Dude, his um TV reality show was yeah. awesome too. Son of the Mask, I actually enjoyed. But, um, but we had to, we had to, we had to follow him because he's a PA guy, you know what I mean? He's an Upper Darby guy. Yes. He's Upper Darby. He's, no. See, DB, here's where you're wrong. He's not a PA guy. He's a Delco guy. Yes, he is there a Delco guy. Get it right. I'm sorry. I'm a Delco guy too. <laughs> so let's ask the question, Bay, did you ever have, name a geek out moment you have. It could be like wrestling or anything outside of wrestling. I mean, he worked in ECW. That, that's just, let alone. <laughs> did you have a geek out moment bringing somebody on your podcast? Um, I, I think the, I think the funniest one that always sticks out and, I, and I, it cracked me up when I, when I first, uh, when it, as it happened and it's all like stuck in my head to this day and was like nine years ago. But when I interviewed Joey Kramer, the drummer from Aerosmith, I, I mean, it's fucking Aerosmith. Yeah. And he, he came on, I'm like, oh my God, it's fucking Joey Kramer from Aerosmith. He was like, all right, babe, get over it. Big deal. It's fucking Joey Kramer. Come on, let's talk. And it was just like that, it was like a trick. It's, it's, yeah, it's Joey Kramer, but he's just another fucking dude. And all these people are. And so. Amazing drummer. But I mean, there's still, I might not show it, but there's times like when I'm going to do an interview with somebody who I really uh, was a major fan of or look up to. Um, and I, in my head, like I'm getting scared, getting ready or getting nervous. But like one of them was John Schneider from the Dukes of Hazzard. And, yeah. Like I used to idolize that guy when I was a kid. And I, I, again, I've probably interviewed him like four times now. And like, we know each other now. Like we're, we're I'm not going to say we're friends, we're acquaintances, but he knows me now. His PR guy knows me. As soon as, you know, they, as soon as John's promoting something, I get the email. You want to interview John? He, fuck yeah, of course. Always. So see, I remember like he, when he was on Smallville and then he went on mm -hmm. to a show was, um, I think it was, um, like something about my teenage girl being pregnant or something. He was on that. I, I'm a fan of his stuff. You know what I mean? Was it a lifetime movie? No, it was not a, it was a TV show. The girl got okay. pregnant and he was the um, father of a different girl. You know what I mean? But no, see, I remember when we first went, went to the icons and Meanie was there and I literally walked behind the table. I'm like, excuse me, people, excuse me. Meanie's like, yeah, watch out real quick. And I walk over, give him a hug. I'm like, hey, how you doing? Doing good. He's like, what are you doing here? Hanging out at the table and hanging out with friends and stuff like that. He's like, cool, I'll be able to say hi. I'm like, cool. See, babe, when you were just saying a couple minutes ago about how you're like trying to prep yourself for this interview because you, you're feeling excited about yourself. <laughs> That's how I'm going to be feeling come January for our season premiere. I can't say anything. Who Not is. yet. Kayfabe's in full effect on that one. Yes. But, you know, getting this person to become on our podcast. I, and he came to us. So that's pretty cool. No, no, no. He came to me. I reached well, yeah, out to Well, yeah, he him. came to but, but he answered. I reached out to him. But anyway, you know, it's, I know how you feel when it comes to certain people. Because when I go up to certain people, I'm like, ooh, don't, don't geek out. Don't mark out. And I walk up to him and just say, hey, you know, nice to meet you. Honor. Pleasure. So I know how I feel. I mean, I, I know how you feel when it comes comes to you know somebody coming on to the podcast like i went up to brian kendrick and i asked him to come do the connect four yep didn't come over to he the last beat minute. you in four moves i know i know i was geeking out four. sorry i was geeking out big time so yeah i mean so, sometimes you can't like like you know going back to like an ecw moment like my, my first night in ecw like i was a huge mark for the signers 
like I thought they were like the you know ultimate tag team. And when they left WCW, they came to ECW. And my first night in ECW, our matches against Steiners. And I, I all I kept saying to myself was, please God, no, please don't let me take a Frankensteiner. Please don't let me have to take a Frankensteiner. Please, please, please. You know, but it, you know, and they were kind of I mean, they, they were kind of dickish. You know, they were you know to, to us. Just, you know, we were just a bunch of idiots. Yeah, yeah, gosh, um, yeah, it's 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 crazy. Like the geek out moments, like you see people and like I went up to Shane Douglas and the first thing I said to him, you're short. Man, because, he's probably like, fuck you. <laughs> and like, he goes, a lot of people say that. I'm like, because when I was a kid, I was a lot shorter. You know what I mean? And then looking up to you guys and you're like, wow. Well, like, and now, plus they're on TV. So it makes it, you know, everybody, you think everybody's a lot bigger than right. they are. And, yeah. and there's, they, everybody builds themselves a lot bigger. Like I, I even say I was like fucking six foot. I'm like five, nine on a good day. Like, that's, you know, you always try to make yourself look bigger. It's six foot with. Exactly. Well, that's exactly. Like, you look at horror actors. Look at uh, Doug Bradley. You guys know who Doug Bradley is? I know big news Doug Bradley is. Yeah. Doug Bradley's the guy who played Hellraiser. If you look at anything he's on, he's either shot far away or up. Same thing with Kane Hodder. Okay? Kane Hodder's the guy who played Jason. Yeah. Doug Bradley's the guy who played Hellraiser. And the reason why they do that is because he's five foot nine. When I met Bret Hart, Bret Hart's my all-time favorite wrestler of all time. But I did frame his book. It's black and the inside is pink. And when I showed him the picture of it, and you see Bret's eyes like here, and he's like, dude, that's my whole work. And I am thank thankful of you um doing this. You know what I mean? And I'm like, it's an honor because I wanted to do something with the book and his autograph on it. And- kind of looks like off. when you go to Ellis Island and you see the book of when they first came over. That's how he's got it set up. He's got it on the placard with the glass over it and everything else. Wow. Dude, you guys send me a picture of it. I want to see what it looks like. Oh, I will. I'll show it. Um, I'll send it over after we're done this. So let's go into your new question, Triple Threat. Ooh. So this is um a question that I put together because of a wrestler that asked us the question I asked him can I take it because it was a cool question so it is like um, Mary. it's the same concept as like a road trip game called murder marry and fuck you know who would you marry okay. who would you kill who that's, would you marry kill have so yes so we changed it to single tag or hardcore well best stipulation sp- yeah and the match we're picking and we picked the Dudley boys in this question we picked Devon Ooh. Bubba and Spike who would you like to have a single match with who would you like to have a tag team match and who would you like to have a hardcore match with oh wow <laughs> that's a hard one. But wait a minute. Can you do me a favor? Whatever match you pick uh, with Devon, make sure there's no snakes in the match, okay? No snakes in no, no snakes. S- no snakes in the ring. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, that's a tough right, one. So, all right. So I'm going to say single fight because, you know, because he's a small guy and it would be easier for me to work with and I'd probably be able to do a lot more um, power moves for myself to put myself over. <laughs> and he would bump, bump, this, bump like fucking a, a madman for me. Um, and I think we probably have like a nice fun match yeah uh hardcore probably bubba because it would be a just a stiff fucking a stiff fest uh, i mean we would just beat the living shit out of each other blow for blow. and laugh about it afterwards and he would probably just beat my fucking ass unmercifully and um i'd probably curse him out as he was doing it but we would have fun we <laughs> at were, least i would hope we'd have fun we were but at bubba, the one bubba, we were at the one hoh show and the main event was dreamer and bubba versus riot city which was David Arquette and another guy and Bubba went to pick David Arquette up for the move and David Arquette stiffed and Bubba receipt right on his back and he said fucking move come on so yeah okay yeah so Devon 
I'm Devon would be my tag partner. Tag partner? All right. Yeah. So, side story, the reason why I say about the snakes, we had Louie on, and Louie goes, when you're at a con, if you see Devon, ask him about the snakes. So, we're at the con, and we walk up to Devon, and ask him, and he goes, let me tell you about that motherfucker right there. I'm like, oh, shit. Here he comes. He's like, yeah. Oh, gosh. That, that's the fun part, like, hearing stories like that. And I do want to bring up a um, safety thing in the business, and I, I, I'm a little bit crazy about it, and it's one, one of the things that I try to push and hear other people's opinion, because Dave over here is CPR trained, and yes, I am. we see so many wrestlers that pass away in the ring or outside the ring having heart attacks, like, or they need help. Or having seizures on the outside. Yes. So, um, so do you think um, referees or anybody that's outside of the ring should be CPR trained or medical trained? I, I mean, actually, now that you bring that up, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, here's the thing. Like, and, and I think, uh, Dave, you, you would agree with me with this, Keener, since you are a true referee. Yeah. Um, you, you're, you're, it, it, it's professional wrestling, okay? So there should be, uh, like in boxing, referees, you know, you have to be aware of what's going on with the boxers to make sure they're safe, protected, and okay. The referee is doing that to a point, but if they have that medical training to make sure that, you know, God forbid somebody does have a heart attack and the ring it drops dead. I mean, it has happened, you know, thankfully yes. only uh, maybe a handful of times, but it has happened for uh, like a seizure or something like that. But so, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that would be a tremendous thing and, and a, a true bonus and, and a safer environment. We we were hanging out at Icons one day and William Morrissey, Cass, walks out and falls, has a seizure right there in the middle of the floor. I ran uh, to go get security right, because all these to get people... Security and I'm like, no, call 911 now. And I'm like, he has to go. He's having a seizure. It's been more than two minutes. He has to go. And span to about a year later, we ran in the cast at 1CW down in Delaware. I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? He's like, I'm, right. I'm like, I just want to let you know. I'm the guy that helped call 911 on you when you were at the arena having the seizure. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah. He's like, thank you. And there's a little documentary thing on the Fox News where they talk about that situation that happened. Wow. Yeah, right. I'm like, wow. So whatever whatever show, wherever we go, I do have a medic bag with me just in case. It's one of those states that don't have a state athletic commission. It's one of my yeah. pet peeves, too, because the fans started recording his seizure, and I was upset about that. Right, and you see Feinstein coming over and telling turn that shit off. Tell the fan to turn it off. Yeah. I saw that. But, like, I went to go get security because needed people um, back away, you know what I mean? And I worried about other people. Yeah, because that's, that's standard for any wrestling show. If somebody is a medically injured, like, seriously injured, the staff or the security will surround everybody, surround the person to give them some, some privacy. It's the same thing in any sports. Yeah. Right. But, but I do... Yeah, I, I mean, like, uh, did you... I don't know if you guys saw uh, recently um, the band Flyfinger Death Punch. Yes. It was like three weeks ago, I think. There was a, a fan in the front row was having a seizure, and the security guards didn't know how to handle it. He fucking jumped down into the crowd to help person. Yeah, Ivan stepped down to do it, to help out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. And as much shit as they talking to Ivan? I was at the Guns N' Roses concert, and um, and these two girls pushed the um, security guard at the um, link, and he had a seizure right there, and like I ran back to get somebody. You know, there's security um, up there at all times. Yeah, he was one of the security guards. That right? Was no, there. no, no. I'm saying, and shouldn't be just him. There are supposed to be 15 people up there at all times, and they're supposed to be three feet apart and watch everything. Yeah, the lady wow. pushed them, and I was like, oh my gosh, you know what I mean? And yeah, they disappeared, and don't know what happened to them. Wow, the guy had a seizure and everything. That was that was Ooh. a horrible moment. So I, I, I do have a question. Do you have any pet peeves in podcasting? Ooh. 
being unprepared. Like me. <laughs> You're always no, I, unprepared. I mean, uh, so, so uh, I mean, but no, but here's the thing. We, we had the mix up going into this yeah. and you guys were able to pull together questions that we've had a conversation for an hour and a half. Yeah. I've been asked to be on other wrestling podcasts and I had one guy actually say to me, what questions do you want me to ask you? I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm on your show. You don't know questions to ask me? Why am I here? I usually, like, say, I usually say, what don't you want us to ask? What are no, we not allowed to say? No, anything. I, I, like, I was told, like my own shows and, and whatever show no on. I talk about stuff in anything. I, I have nothing to hide. Yeah, neither, I don't care. We are always <laughs> ready 100% and it took us it took us a couple minutes to put everything together and we were good. You know and Brian mean? always has run sheets ready to go so we're good there. So, Thank you, Brian. So for me, like there's certain people I know who are big people. You know, for instance, our season premiere. What I'll be doing is reach out to them first and say, hey, um, you're going to be on our podcast on this date, on this time. However, I also got a list of questions that we're going to ask. We're probably going to ask you. Here they are. How And then just tell us which one well, you don't. That, that, in, in my opinion, that's mistake number one. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Because I want I, to... I never, I will never give any question to my guests that I'm going to ask. Okay. Because I want, I want their fucking, I don't want no prepared scripted answer that they're going to be ready for. True. I want to have a conversation and I want them to answer honestly from the heart off the cuff just like that. And that's how Otherwise, I... Otherwise, yeah. And, and I've had some, some guests or, or managers or publicists come to me and say, can I have those the questions? And I say, no. I said, if they need to list, list the questions, I, I won't do the interview. We'll cancel it. No comment. I had I had one wrestler ask for the questions and that's where after that, I never did that. I just who, want, who I just was want, it? it was Chris Levent. Now he's not in the business. Oh, who? Chris Levent. I have no clue who that is. He's not in the business. In the I, I, I try to make it, make sure everybody's comfortable. That's all. Right. Yeah. My whole thing yeah. is they shouldn't, un, shouldn't know what our questions are. Yeah. If they listen to our show, they should know what's going on. Do your well, research. Yeah. Well, well, here's the thing. Ten to one, they're not listening to the show. Yes. I I, I know, you know, uh, people aren't watching my, if, if everybody was watching my show, uh, I'd be getting paid big bucks like fucking Howard Stern. Yeah. So yeah. you can't, you can't assume anybody's listening or watching your show. You just got to do your thing. Like, like the moral of the story of this whole thing, be honest, be real and, and just fucking do it. Don't fuck up. These people, if you're going on a show, whether you're being the interviewer or the interviewee, you should fucking be prepared and being able to conduct an interview or be a guest on an interview it, it's you need to know how to do it because i'm sure you guys have interviewed people and you're sitting there like oh this is not good this isn't working this isn't flowing because people don't know how to talk or make fucking answers or answer questions and i'm sure you guys have heard interviews where the guy doing the interview just doesn't know how to conduct questions or or do follow-ups so he might get a good answer and he'll just blow over and go to the next question Lots of so, overrunning I mean, sentences. Yeah, yeah. So it's a whole fucking thing that, you know, it, it, and also, too, it's a lot of fucking work, and people don't realize that. So, you know, to, to do to be pre get prepared for an interview, then you're promoting the interview and, and, and answering, you know, it's a whole fucking thing, and, and people think, oh, I can do a podcast, I can do this, and I can get guests, and then they might start doing, and doing it, and they'll do one or two episodes. I can't tell you how many, when I had my network, how many people started a podcast, and after two, three weeks said to me, this is work. Uh, I thought this was going to be fun. Uh, well, hello. Welcome to real life. Life is work. You know, what the fuck you want to tell you? Case in point, like, everybody here, even Bay knows that I do the haunt and stuff like that. And people are like, oh, they come in and go, oh, this is going to be easy. And then when I put them in their spot and stuff like that and tell them what they got to do and everything else, is that any other area? Oh, I got to work? Yes, you have to work. Yeah. You you have to do stuff. You can't just sit there and go, hey, and go back. Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. Work. Like, like it's the, the point my girl 
girlfriend just started getting into wrestling. She has no clue about it. And I've been helping run backs in certain companies now. And I'm walking around with the run sheet. And she goes, oh, what's that? I'm like, I can't tell you. She goes, why? I'm like, it's the match list with the shows and stuff like that. It's going on. She goes, oh. I'm like, yeah, sorry. Love you. But even though she won't say a word, you know. No, I know that. But I'm an old school guy. Yeah. I, I've learned from certain people with the old school stuff. Case in point. Go ahead, DB. Your new question. <laughs> so, let, no, I'm going to go into one of my old questions. And then we'll go into other stuff here. But we've had on our show people from different states sit there and say, you know, the companies down in their state work together. They support each other. They collaborate with each other. One guy was telling us that he that he um has three companies put him and the other guy in their match to do like a whole like, you know, best out of three or best out of five type deal. But we've seen up here in Jersey that, you know, some companies don't like to work with each other. Yeah. So how do you feel about, you know, do you feel that companies should? Because he did have a company, LAW. Yeah. So do you feel that companies should start like collaborating and working together rather try to be more territorial? Well, I mean, for, you know, most of the history of the business, it was like almost taboo. And, you know, because it was such a competition and, and everybody was trying to own their piece of the world. Um, but when it did start happening after I got out of the business, I, I think it, it, if it's done right, it can be very beneficial to however many companies are involved in it and doing it. And I think it should be done more to, you know, not only better each company, but the whole business in general. Everybody's got it. And, and this can, again, go to any type of business. Everybody's got to learn um, to work together in life and business uh, to make this. Let's face it. This world is a fucked up place right now. Yep. And people are so divided and we got to stop being divided and we got to like be together and help one another and move forward and move up, you know, and, and uh, I don't see it ha happening um, in life. I see I see a lot of ugliness out there in life and I, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for yeah. I'm all for everybody working together. I think it should happen. Oh, even even the big companies, even the big companies. I would, I would like to, you know, WWE and AEW and whoever else is the big impact or whatever, yeah. do some stuff. I think it would be interesting and cool. We all know Triple H wants to work with other companies. So we, we've seen that. I know he's trying to do that now, but like he tried to do with TNA and they brought Mickey James in for the Rumble. So I hope they do more like that. Yeah. My next question, this is a very new question. I'm going to ask you first to see how you like it. Um, it's called uh, Get to Know Your Podcasters. So you get to ask us three questions. It could be all three of us or one of each. A question about us, like something you want to know about us. All right, I'm out. <laughs> uh, no, all, all, uh, in general, what do you think is the hardest part of podcast? Editing. Scheduling. Talking, really. So even, even though it, it's like... The in promo class and stuff like that when you do the promos you learn how to talk this that and the other and everything else with trying to reach out doing the interviews it's like oh when can we do this and then you reach out and oh I can't do it today well that goes into my thing scheduling right. because we want certain people on our show but there's certain um, people that work for certain companies that you have to go through hoops through just yep, yep, to yep. get to them yep, 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 the company. exactly whereas sometimes yeah. you know you reach out to somebody and you don't hear from them but you like see what they're they seen your you know message so sometimes it's very hard to schedule, but at the, at the same time, you know, it's good because we have some people that reach out to us and say, hey, like you, and say, hey, we, I want to be on your show. Well, I mean, here's, here's the thing, and it doesn't matter what level um, show you are, you're going to get that regardless. I mean, I go through it all the time. I, I, you know, I have guests presented to me and like that I want to interview and I'm like, yeah. And they're like, all right, let me, um, like I'll get the email from the PR person. They said, all right, let me um, talk with management and get it approved. And then they come back and I get turned down. 
myself because I don't have enough, uh, you know, subscribers or social media numbers or, or viewers. So, you know, it, it's all part of the game. And, and especially when you're doing, you know, it's, I, I, I know for a fact, like WWE, I don't know how AEW works, but I know WWE, it's nearly impossible to get those guys when they're under contract as a guest. Oh, yeah. And trying to ask questions like we do. You know what I mean? So, oh, I can't answer that. Yeah, yeah I can't answer yeah. that. I can't answer that. I can't answer that. Right. That's when you wait till they lose their contract and then get them then. Exactly. But yeah. the editing, editing's fun. You know what I mean? But my whole thing about the editing part is like it's the timing and like the time you get to put the, everything together and like because I don't like dead spaces so I like to edit everything out. So sure. so make the sound flow a lot better because like listen to some of the episodes I do it's like if you listen to it it's like I'm talking and then they stop for a minute and then mm. they start talking again you're like wow I need to bring this down and make it sound like we're talking like a big giant sentence. So that's, right. that's, no, that's no the pauses. hard that's the hardest thing to trying to get the time and doing everything. It's, it's my love. You know what I mean? I'm enjoying everything about this. Yep. Who has been your favorite guest? Ooh. Let's start, let's start with you, DB. Ooh. Oh. Um. No, no. Wipe the brown off your nose. All right. <laughs> so there's so many. Like, oh, gosh. Let me think a minute. Go ahead. Somebody. Um. Keener. Chris Heimerich. Honestly. Chris Heimerich. Yeah. Chris. Chris was like, not, not just Chris. Like, I'm going to go more on that. Chris was really awesome to have on. And I've known Chris for a long time. Worked with him in PWF up there in Pottstown and all that. But the one that was the most shocking to me that said yes was Eric Watts. Oh, that was a good one. The fact that, it, yeah, Eric Watts came on. The fact that somebody of that nature and of that grandeur and like with magnitude said yes to come on the show. And the is, first thing he said to us, he's like, thank you for not asking about my father. Right. And, and I mean, having him on and then having a third generation uh, wrestler on in Lansana Hawaii, like the, the guests that have come on the show have been so humbled and so thank you and everything else and I enjoyed every single one of them but yeah those guys were probably my favorite I, I had to mark out for this one it's one of my top ones when Bay said yes to doing my um, interview the first time I was going to say again for the first time first Dan Sigori I had to say when you said like you were talking about the Taz story and I was like oh I want to talk about the Taz story see and now it, it goes back sorry let me interrupt you Brian I was 11 I think the first time I met Bay um, we did a show and it's no longer there I don't I, don't, I think Bay was there we did a show at this place called September's Place in Springfield. We're which talking, is now Best Buy. <laughs> yes, which is now Best Buy. Okay. We're talking like 92 in that area. It was uh, 90, 93. 93. Yeah. And the, 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 I can name the talent that was on that show. It was such a great show. Um, God rest, Nate Hatred. But he wasn't doing Nate Hatred then. He was doing Otter. Yeah. Yeah. He was doing it. Uh, the, the character was like Otter from uh, Animal House. The, the college thing and everything else. He was on it. Matt was on it. Like, it was a great show. That, that show was uh, Francine's debut show in the wrestling business. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. She went She went to ECW's wrestling school and was trained, and they wouldn't use her. Wow. And um, she was very good. She went through school with um, Kuja, and Kuja was on my show, and he, he came to me and said, would you use Francine? She, 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 you know, she wants to work. She wants to get in the biz, and they won't give her a shot. So I was like, yeah. That's it's crazy because, like, you were talking about C.W. Anderson's and all, when that was happy to do. Um, Sign Guy Dudley was an awesome one. And it's because, like, everybody's saying yes to coming on the shows. Yeah. It's so, like mostly every interview I do, I enjoy so much. And it's kind of hard to pick my favorites. I have to see, it's hard for me right now because there's two people I've had such great interview with. One is a local talent named Kimberly Spirit because she was such humbled to be on our show. We talked to, like about Pokemon and other stuff, which was cool because we never do that on the show. Yeah. 
And the other person is Dirtbag Dan because he ripped on me about being, you know, the photographer at IWA Vintage. And I'm like, dude, I, that was my second time doing the show. Come on. I thought you were going to mention Frankie. And no, because I haven't interviewed him yet. So hush. <laughs> and secondly, the part where we're doing our last question, which will be up soon, um, I kept messing up and he just kept ripping me on it as well, too. Necro Butcher was another one that I was a big fan of um, doing. Yeah, when he said yes, I'm like, oh... Cool. So let, let's have Bay ask the final question here. Uh, who is your dream guest? All right, I I, I want this one because I I've been we've been I've been trying to get her on the show. Right. And we saw her icons. I asked her to asked her in person, and I messaged her, and I'm still wanting to get her on the show. Um, it's got to be Tessa Blanchard. Yeah, she was really cool hey. to talk to. I know I, I can't get him, but I would love to have him. And there's a bunch of them. Like I have like five. Let, you know what I mean? Let's just do one. No, I got five. All right. Well, one. one. Shane Douglas, Bright mm. Hart, Brian Kendrick. Jay Lethal and all scenarios. They're the five that I would love to have on my show. Okay, you're a 90s wrestling fan and you forgot one Ooh. that I would love to be on his show. Broken Skull. Stone Cold. Austin's show. Okay, I think that would be hard to get to. You know what I mean? <laughs> I I know, but that wasn't the question. The question would be your dream guest. Yeah, yeah. they're my dream guests. That's, right right yeah. That's what I just... I would also like to have as well uh, Adam Cole and Britt Baker on at the same time. Oh, that'd be pretty cool. Austin. Oh, Austin. He wants okay. to have Stone Cold. Either way. David Adams here, and this is the Final question for this episode of the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. Wait, oh no, it's in my it's in my place now. Jesus Christ. You know what it is. Come on, say it. I know what is wrong with you. It. You Come said on. say it, so I said it. So what is the next question? What called? is the question? Come on, Keener. Read oh. the gimmick. Come on, it's on the paper. Read it. Come this on. is now the five questions of doom and he <laughs> laughed at me now here's the thing with this these are these are five non-wrestling related questions so and are you ready i am ready question number one that gives me chills every time. I love every it. time. So, question number one: Last movie you seen on TV? The last movie I saw. The last movie you saw on TV. Uh, Fast and the Furious. Okay. Okay. Question number two: Who would play you in a movie? Um, it's, it's funny. Uh, I just had this conversation the other night, and with my uh, fiance Coco, and she said it should be Bradley Cooper. Ooh, Philly he was guy. a Philly connection. Another yeah. Philly guy. Hold on a second. What? No. You're an asshole. Question number three. If you, um, what decade do you want to live in? What was that one? If you could live in any decade, what decade would you want to live in? Ooh, I mean, the 80s was the best, but I'm quite happy where I'm at now, even though the world is a fucking shit show. You know, I, I quote Matthew McConaughey from Days and Confused. You know, the 60s were pretty cool. 70s rock. The 80s, yeah. we'll wait and see. A 80s were iconic. Oh, yeah, a lot of great music came out of the 80s. Question number yeah. four. Favorite ice cream flavor? Mint chocolate chip. Um, I'm not a big ice cream guy. Right, believe it or not. No, no. Do you have water ice? Um, Anything? Cookies? No, let me, uh, my, the, my favorite used to be, um, I used to get it back in, uh, you know, when I lived in Delco. Um, the Turkey Hill ice cream did it, the Graham Slam, the Philly oh. baseball one. Turkey Hill, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that, I think that was the brand. But that was my favorite, Graham's Land. Turkey Hill was up by Reading type area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We did the shows up there. There was one up in Lancaster. No. That wait. same area. Yeah. Oh. Question number five. What superpower would you want? Hmm. Get to be invincible. I don't know. Some Bruce Wilson. What was that movie called? Unbreakable? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I always say Wolverine and healing power. Mm. That was the five questions of doom.
I always say when everybody comes on to our show, you become part of our family. Bay, I always say that you're part of our family all the time. So welcome back to the family. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. So for our listeners who ha- who don't know you or haven't listened to the previous F- episodes, but they should, can you please tell our listeners where they can find you on social media? And all your podcasts. Uh, oh, God. Do we have time? <laughs> so yeah. you can you can find me yes, on no. Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, um, LinkedIn. Um, I'm everywhere. Just look for Bay Ragney. Um, the Bay Ragney Show and the list of shows I do. God forbid. I, I do the Bay Ragney Show. I do um, the Closing Table, which is a monthly real estate show with Dan uh, Peasy from uh, Liberty All-Star Wrestling. Um, give a shout out to him at Nexum and Brandywine. I do the uh, Reacting Show with Chubby Dudley. Every Tuesday night, I do a music news show with uh, Ray West from the band Spread Eagle, which was like pretty big band in uh, late 80s, early 90s. Um, what else do I do? I have, oh, I, I do the Coco Bay Show, me and my uh, fiance, Coco Warbuck. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, kind of like a reality YouTube channel show we do. So look for uh, Coco Bay. And uh, I think that's everything. There's like five shows, four or five shows, Nashville Restaurant Review Show we do. We do all types of like nonstop one, shows. He's got one for every night of the week. That's awesome. That's, that's awesome. awesome. I could, believe me, I could. I just have enough time to do everything. I, I totally understand. Yeah. It's, it's kind of hard when I go to wrestling shows and trying to do Connect Four and do commentating that same night because you have to yeah. like think, you know, like, oh my gosh, I can't do everything. But Exactly. On that note, then we're going to hit the ending here. We're going to hit the ending and then we'll ask you to right, do a little for us. Let's hit the ending. Good. Ladies and sure. gentlemen, thank you. This has been the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. I'm Dave Keener alongside DB Richards, and we'll see you in the ring. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'd also like to give a big, huge thank you to Chubby Dudley, Bay Ragney. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you, guys. It was a blast, as always. Hey, guys, what's up? It's Bay Ragney. You might know me as Chubby Dudley or even Easy Rider if you have gray hair like me from the early Eastern Championship Wrestling. But it doesn't matter where I am or where you are, you should be listening to the 2300 Wrestling Podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is David Kinner from the 2300 Wrestling Podcast letting you know about photographer, camera, editor, and designer extraordinaire Brian Schweiker. Please give him a call at 856-254-7540. For any of your photography needs, you can also reach him at bschweiker13 at gmail.com, Facebook, and everything else is there as well. Get him for all your party, wrestling, movies, whatever you want to do. That's Brian Schweiker. Check him out. Yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, are you looking to become a professional wrestler? Well, right now, the Workhorse Wrestling Club is accepting new students in Felton, Delaware. If you're interested, call Sean at 410 829 11 one four. Hey, this is D.B. Richards. And this is B. Schweik. Hey, we got some ads. Yes, we do. We have Twisted Shamrock Studios and Spa is not your typical spa. Take a journey back in time with all your favorite nostalgia from the 1920s to the early 2000s. The staff will provide you with healing therapeutic services with a high-end feel. Mention this podcast and receive 10% off of your first service. Book with Twisted Shamrock Studios and Spa today, where recovery, relaxation, and love of all decades past never go out of style. So where can you find them? You can find Find them at 16 Wilmington West Chester Pike in Chad's 4 PA 19317. And you can call them at 484 574 Hey, Brian. Hey, I what? I want to go now. 2300 Wrestling Podcast. Let's go.
go. Sam Alfalsi here. And Zach Ravix. Super Crazy Wrestling, Super Crazy Arena, Skiver Academy. We are indeed the best facility in New Jersey. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, Probably no in the world. Extremely top three, I would say. We have very terrific trainers. Actually, they all come from uh, the Ring of Honor Dojo, so yeah. you already know you're... So they're going to be great, and they're definitely great. Oh, yeah, for sure. You're going to experience some, you know, pretty elite stuff. Uh, you know, we're all about intensity here. You know, uh, we're, we're always here to help. We're, we're always reach one, teach one. That, that's our main thing. You know, I feel like if you're a person that really feels like wrestling is your dream and that's what you want to accomplish, this is the best school to come to. Or burn. Or, or burn. Okay. Or Brack said. So, uh, once again, you know, best school probably in the world. Definitely in Jersey. You can find it. You can find it on Facebook, uh, Super Crazy Wrestling and Scarecrow Academy. And Instagram, Super Crazy Wrestling, Scarecrow Academy. Uh, you can contact Melissa Pena or Oda, And he'll come find you if you don't find him. Or I will. Or, or Brax or, will. Or Brax. You'll burn. No, you won't burn.